if you look at the, the laws of energy, the first law of energy is everything is energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. That's the first law. Second law, law of entropy. What's the law of entropy? Anything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. So I want you to really think about the, the significance and the power of both of just those two laws. So if everything is energy, and energy is neither created nor destroyed, that means this hoodie that you have on, it, it, was, it was once something else. Let's say it's wool. So it was once the energy of a sheep, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody had an idea, and they took the energy of their idea, and they affected the energy of the sheep, and they turned it into wool, and then somebody else affected that wool and turned it into this hoodie, mm-hmm. right? But this hoodie wasn't made from nothing. It was made from something. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So then you take, um, you take and I, I said this in, in our training the other day, um, everybody in this room, here's what you do. Think about your house. Think about your car. Think about your wardrobe. Think about your bank accounts. All of that stuff that you have or don't have, all the stuff that you have in your life that shows up in your life, it shows up because that's what you've translated, transformed your life energy into those outcomes. Mm-hmm. If you don't like what you're seeing around you, you have to change the energy within you, right? So then the law of entropy, everything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. Like no matter how much cologne I use, no matter how much like soap, I, if I don't take a shower every day, I am going to stink. Mm-hmm. Why? But don't trip because so are you. Right. Right. So, so, so the point is you can't just let things go. You have to handle them. If you don't weed the garden, the weeds take over the garden. Like if you don't allow outside influences to come into your mind in the form of books and seminars and coaching and training, your mind is going to deteriorate to the lowest possible form. You can't let anything go. Everything that's going to get better has to have something outside of itself affecting it. Otherwise, it just gets worse and worse over time. So the law of entropy is the exact opposite of evolution. It's the exact opposite. They say, well, evolution, things just got better over time. Well, things don't get better over time. Unless they have an outside force, they get worse over time. That's just, that's like, that's like apparent to anybody who just thinks about it for like 16 seconds. Right? That's true. Right. So if you don't wash your car, your car becomes dirty, right? Um, if somebody, like if a bird poops on your car and you don't get the bird poop off your car, it eats the paint on your car. Like anything left to itself tends to move more and more towards disorder. If you have a vehicle and it sits in the same spot for a year, when you go to drive it, the tires are probably dry rotted because you didn't do it. it did, you got to act on it. Things need something outside of them to act on them to make them better. That's how life works. That's why I need a coach. I'm a coach, but I need a coach. My coach that doesn't have a coach doesn't deserve to be your coach. That's why I read mm. books. I know stuff, but do you remember everything you've ever read? No. That's why you have to read stuff over and over and you have to constantly be learning because if you're not learning, then your knowledge base is not staying the same. It's getting smaller. It's, it's just, I understand my value, you know, and it's not too many men on the planet earth that's like me, you know? So at the end of the day, I'm not looking for another man's approval on me. Yeah. You understand me? He may have to learn something as well. That's know. crazy, bro, because I did, I struggle with that. Because right. I definitely care what people think about me. Nah, nah. Because I know people don't even know what they really think about themselves. You Dang, know? that was hard. We can clap that. Golly, that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know why I struggle with it. Like, I really care when people don't, like, because I feel like you're going to leave here and you're going to, like, tell somebody else and then they're going to tell, then I got a bad name. And I hate that, bro. How, was I, how would I get out no, of that? No, I mean, I you know, that? For me, because, you know, that's not a thing that I worry about. I think about people are who they are. You understand me? And one of my sayings is that's just they programming. People go react to how they react. 
whatever it's going to be, and every level of success is going to create a new reaction in another person because you are someone else's environment, right? And people react to environment. So for me, it's like what another person thinks of me don't matter. And my more so thought process is how good am I projecting who I really am to the world? How good am I projecting who I really am to the world? world. Because we create illusions all the time. It's like if I go home and sleep at night and I measure myself by the accomplishments of 19 keys, that's an illusion. That's me filtering myself through an accomplishment. So I think, and that makes me feel about myself a certain way. People get accomplishment all the time. You get a viral video. Hey, I'm now that person. Do you know me? Do you see me for that thing? Mm, Can you see my value through this new illusion I've created? And you have people that just walk around living out their illusions. And you have to get to a point where, you know, you do project an image to the world so that the world can receive and interact with you a certain way. But you have to get to points where you graduate beyond your own illusions. You don't become them. That's what you give to the world so they can interact with you properly based on how you want to be received. That's how you design yourself. Gotcha. You understand me? So for me, I think about points of redesigning myself and I know how effective I am because I do listen to feedback. You understand me? I might listen. I I digest feedback, whether it's in the comments, whether it's in the DM, whether it's a secondhand conversation about me, you know, whether it's comments on YouTube. Those are people telling me what my brand is. You understand mm. me? That's what branding is. It ain't what you marketing what you say about yourself. Branding it. is what other people say about you and what they gonna take it to other people. Got you. So I've been taking it personally instead of looking at it as feedback. Feedback. I do. So now this is what they think about you. Okay, where do you want to pivot it? What do you want them to think about you? And what are you projecting to put those filters in people's mind? That's it's true. like you see a woman on Instagram and she's beautiful, right? Makeup, she might have a filter on, right? That image that you got of her is what made the first impression in your mind. So if you see her in person and she doesn't look like the image, the filter that you have, there's a disappointment. But then it also lends this credibility to where you keep seeing the image more than you see her for real. Mm. You understand me? Because that's what you fell in love with is the idea and the feeling of what this image produced for you. Right? So we have a, a, a interesting false reality because we getting data points from Instagram and that's building up the images that we think about the people that we interact with. But that doesn't mean that that's them. That's what they're doing to feed the algorithm for success. How do you keep yourself mentally like sane when there's absolutely no finish line that you can see? You gotta celebrate your small victories and you gotta celebrate um, and recognize when you are making progress. And what I mean by that is uh, you begin with the end in mind, but you appreciate each step along the way. And you dive into the present moment of what you're doing right now. And if you're getting a result that is positive, you know you're on the right path. There has to be something. If you're doing, let's say you're doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, you're not going to get the big cash out. But if you're getting something small, if you're seeing something change, even within yourself, within your income, if you're seeing these small daily improvements equal long-term results. Mm-hmm. So um, with me, I started to see progressive and I work so hard. Like I, I had, I would work. Anything not in alignment with what I had to do, I was working. And I knew mm-hmm. there's a law that I, I live by laws, man. Mm-hmm. These laws, is un, <laughs> they, they, you can't beat them. You reap what you sow. And I know I was sowing. Right. <laughs> but the thing about it is, you know, what happens a lot is, Good things rarely come on your time. 
good things come, you know, sometimes at unexpected times. You get a direct result for something bad. Let's say you shoot somebody, the police uh, see you shoot them, you're going to jail. You do something good, like you plant a garden, that garden might take three months to grow that fresh food. Mm -hmm. You might write a book. That book might take three years to become New York Times number one seller. It may, you may, it, it never happens on your time. To go to the Super Bowl, that the team has to practice day in, day out, day out, beat everybody, then they become Super Bowl champions. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that, you have to live by laws. Laws don't lie, you know what I'm saying? But you gotta be real with yourself and understand, am I really doing everything I can do? Because the game's not for everybody. And if you really don't want it and you want somebody to give you something, that's nothing wrong with that. But if you really want this, you have to trust and believe and have that shift, like that true paradigm shift that it is possible. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I always knew it was possible to do whatever I wanted out here, because we are dealing with human beings out here. There is no astronomical force of people that have done things before me. They bleed, they bleed, they sweat, and they breathe. If I bleed, sweat, and breathe, there's no way I'm not going to go out here and see what I can get. Yeah. There's just, I don't want people to like confuse being a good leader or being a good person. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, so, but to answer your question, frankly, nah, here, here's this, this, I heard this one guy say it this way. A leader with no followers is just somebody taking a walk. <laughs> that's, that's all you are. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And here's the thing, bro. Leadership Leadership is going to be attributed to two primary things. Okay. Who you are and what you do. Who you are and what you do. Who you are and what you do. Explain that. So, character competence. This is what I mean. You, If leadership is influence, you will have influence with people if you're good at something. Mm. Got me? Yeah. So, you're good at podcasting. Yes. Does that make sense? And as a result of that, people get on your challenge. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. These people are part of your mastermind, and they give you the gift of influence. You can't take that. Yeah. They, get, they let you influence them. Yeah. They 100%. pay you yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to influence them because they see, yo, this guy has a degree of mastery and skill at doing something. I think that's, that's, a, that's a huge mistake when it comes to a lot of people in leadership. And that is, they don't understand the importance of really getting good at something. Yes. That's, yo, that makes sense. You have to be good at something. You got to be good at something. And so people do call themselves a leader because they just feel that they're a leader. But the only way to show if you're a leader or a good leader, because everybody's a leader, a good leader is whether people are following your excellence at something. 100%. So what you do, Got to be good at something. And then who you are, who you are as a person. So here's the thing. You being good at something is something I can see from a distance. That will make me want to come to you. Who you are as a person is going to determine whether or not I want to stay with you. <sighs> see the difference there? Well, I <laughs> never looked at this like this. 100%. Because here's the thing. <laughs> if... You draw good people. And I think everybody, anybody that's listening to this, you've heard me say this several times. It's my mantra, bro. You don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. This is why I believe most entrepreneurs are stuck because they're solopreneurs and they're not entrepreneurs. So they got a solopreneur mindset. And so they're doing the work of 10 people. When if, if you got a leadership or CEO mindset, you put 10 people to work. So it's two, it's two different. But yo, to get good people, you got to be good with people because good people have options. Mm. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm. So like, say it one more time <laughs> for the people in the back. Yeah. Because I needed, to, I needed yeah. to simmer in my brain. Yeah. One so, more time. So we all want good people, right? Yes, sir. We all want good. So whatever they're doing for us, we want good people. If we want to get and keep good people, we've got to be good with and good to people. Because good 
people have options. They got options. They got options. Because all leaders are looking for good people. Everybody's looking for good people. And when, and when you got help that's really, really good, you need to know somebody besides you want them. <laughs> and at some point this this is important bro and at some point you gotta realize and recognize that yo I got to give them more than a check yeah if I want them to be loyal to me and watch this to go the extra mile for me yeah cause it's one thing for them to show up and bring their gift to a job it's another thing when they bring their heart that's a fact you feel me so we did the um the the episode with the, the panel, the emotional intelligence and entrepreneurship. So that was my first time I had heard of Joe. Because mm. you and Donnie talk about Joe right, all the time, right? right. So Joe He's famous. flaming him sometimes. Joe, Joe famous, right? I love you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all be flaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Joe's like an abusive environment. <laughs> Yo. But I saw Joe working, bro. Mm -hmm. And I said to one of my friends that I brought with me, uh, one of his marriage coach, his name is Don Johnson. I say, buddy, bring his heart to work. Yeah. Ah, yeah. it's different when, when they heart in it. You know For what sure. I mean? For and sure. I think all of us in life and in business, we want people to bring their heart to work. Yeah. So, man, how good you are at something, that, get, that gets people to you. But how good you are with people and to people, that determines, man, if they stay with you. So I believe that expectation as a human being is a superpower. I believe the most important thing that you can do for a coaching client, for a child, for a friend, for a spouse, for a sibling, for anybody, is to have enough belief in them so they can borrow some of your belief in them from you until they build enough of their own belief in themselves. Expectation is the human being's greatest superpower. If you expect to win, your chances of winning, expecting to win doesn't guarantee you're going to win. Mm. But expecting you're going to win gives you a far greater chance of winning than expecting you're going to lose. So this person who said, well, most of the people aren't going to read the program. Most of the people aren't going to, that's a, like, that's a dangerous belief for a coach to have. Mm -hmm. I have to believe that everybody's going to do the work. Yeah. And you may not do it, but you won't not do it because I didn't believe you were going to do it. If I don't believe you're going to do it, you ain't going to know I believe you can't do it. You ain't going to know I don't believe you are going to do it. You're going to think you are going to be like, I know if I'm coaching you, I am going to believe that you can do the thing, whatever the thing is, regardless of circumstance. Period. That is the greatest, one of the greatest things I can do for you is to believe in the power of your God likeness to do the thing. Because there's nothing you're going to face that's bigger than you. There's nothing that you're going to face that's stronger than you. There's nothing that you're going to face that, that is better than you. But there are things that you will face that you don't know they're not better than you. And you don't know they're not bigger than you. Makes sense. So if I can introduce you to who you really are, you'll never let anything stop you. So first level is getting people to understand that they... Are be, like you get them to become something different, get them to think in a different manner of, of the person that they will become. And then we got to get, as my daughter would say, Didi would say, get them to think from the place they're desiring to go. Think from that place. Get them to think from the place they're desiring to go. They're desiring to go. Right. So if you are already achieving the result that you're looking to achieve, if you are already that person, what would you do? Do that. Mm. Okay. Now we're on do. Getting people to think 
from the place of where they want to be. But now how do we get people to do it? Or if you can get them to be it, they'll No, they'll automatically do it. Yeah. So, so being speaks to our identity. Doing speaks to our activity. Having speaks to our property. So if you will be who you're supposed to be, you will be able to do what you're supposed to do and you will have what you're supposed to have. But it all starts with being. See, our whole society says if what you're working on doesn't is not working for you, try harder. But that's not real. That's not a real formula. A real formula would be if you don't like the output, change the input. And guess what? What's that? Being is the input of doing. Being is the input. Being of doing. is the input. Doing is the output. So if you'll become the person, you won't be able to help but do the thing. Yeah. But guess what? Doing is the output of being, but doing is the input for having. Right. So, okay. You become input. You become the output is you do Just, the thing. You do the thing. But then the, when you do the, the thing, doing, that becomes an input. It's input. And, and now you have the stuff. Have the stuff. But see, the desire, the, the God-given desire that we have, oh, we desire to have the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know all that. I know you told me to read them books, but I want to have that stuff, right? And so what happens is we get so focused on the stuff, we say, okay, well, you got to go do this. And they say, okay, I'm going to do it. I tried and it didn't work. Right, you tried and it didn't work because you attempted to do something that was outside of your ability. Remember I said a couple of days ago, I think it was two days ago, every human being on earth is doing 100% of everything they can do who they are right now. Say it one more time. One every more time. human being on earth. Mm-hmm. is already doing 100% of everything they can do who they are right now. Everybody's already maxing out their, their current ability. You're doing everything you can who you are. Now, you're not maxing out your potential, but you're just maxing out your ability. You're mm-hmm. doing everything you can do until you become more than you are. And then you'll be able to do more than you're doing. How I helped a lot of my clients, like I was very renowned as a, when I was used to personal train, I wouldn't just tell a client what I could do. I would show a client that looked like them. And I said, this person did it. And that's why I got so many good, great results with my clients is I would show them themselves. If you could show somebody themselves making it, that, to, that holds a whole other fuel, a whole nother fuel to the fire. So when I coach different people, I say, hey, this person looks kind of like you doing the same thing. Do you, they did it. Do you think you can do it? Mm. Because that helped me so much. I was fine. I had to find people. I was like, yo, did he do it? Because he, he's similar to me. That's heavy. Find somebody that look like you. So like not, not even like the color. If you played sports forever and you don't have a skill and you got hurt, you need to find somebody who went through that right. and still built a business. Right. I might not be able to person to help. Right. You might, you know what I'm saying, like speaking that particular language. Even down, and I'm not going, I'm not, even down to the color. Man, if you're a young black man or if you're a young white man, um, find a young, a, a older successful white man that has a similar story to you. If, if you're an older, if you're a young black man, find an older black man that has a similar, similar story to you. I, I, I'm pretty sure that somebody watching this has a similar story to me. I've been told every single day, yo, bro, the reason why I'm keeping going is because of your story. Mm. Somebody saw me and said he looked like me he talked like me he from up north like me introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. He'd been in trouble like me, and now he's just giving me the inspiration to keep on going. Oh, that's cool. So pick your gurus, pick your inspiration wisely. Don't be inspired by something that you can't resonate with on a core level because this game, this life thing, it, it starts with the core. So if you can feel something or you can feel somebody in your core, watch that person. Mm. And another thing about inspiration, once you're done being inspired by a person, don't watch them anymore. Say it again, say it again, bring that back. Once you're finished being inspired by a person, because it's going to happen, don't watch them anymore. Why? Because it's time for you to now go ahead and write the story that you need to write. It's it, you're done reading the book. Now it's time for you to continue to put all your focus into writing your story. Because one day, that person you are inspired by, you might be collabing with them. Think of a number in your head. How much do you think it would cost for me, a pretty successful entrepreneur, to coach you every single day? To give you all of the game. I'm talking about every day for an entire year. Monday through Friday, I'm on, I'm on a, a virtual call teaching you how I've done the things that I've done and me updating you every single day in real time on all the business moves that I'm making, all the negotiations that I'm in, everything that I'm doing before I actually do it. How much you think? And let's say Monday through Friday, and then on Thursdays we do a Q&A where not only do you get a chance to ask your questions and get them answered, but you get, to you get to hear the answer from a whole community, hundreds of other people on a call, and you get their answers that are going to help you too. What do you think? And once or twice a year, get together, free conference that we all get to come to and you get to meet all these people that you see virtually. How much do you think that would cost every single year? 10,000? Not even close. It would probably be closer to 100,000 because it's just, I don't, I, my, my time is valuable and to give you the sauce that's going to help you make millions, I'd have to charge you at least 100,000. But what I've done is created a community where you get the advantage of learning how to become an entrepreneur. You get to network with hundreds of entrepreneurs every single day. You got a community that keeps you inspired and excited. You will read a book club with us every single day. You'll also have an event where we come together once or twice a year for free. We do all of that for $399 for the year. Go ask somebody. I've got receipts of things that I built over the last decade, okay? Uh, I am willing to coach you. $3.99 for the year. Listen, go to themorningmeetup.com or click the link in this video. Um, let's get back to the episode. But keep in mind, I want to coach you. Let's get started. I don't know if I had a desire to lead. <clears throat> now that you put it that way, I had a desire to win. But you're comfortable leading. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. Yes. And so that would be like, you know, with, with the guy that you just mentioned, it's like, I feel like, it's like, 
Okay, that's fine. But you got to ask yourself this, okay? Is my perspective, like, is that ideal or is it real? Hmm. <laughs> so ideally, we shouldn't have to tell grown people what to do. Yeah. Realistically, we have to tell grown people For sure. 100%, <laughs> what to do. 100%. So the question is like, okay, it's, it's hard trying to get them to do what they're supposed to do. And it's going to be hard if they don't do it. Yeah. You got to choose your heart. For sure. Did you ever, and I'm, I'm talking younger days first, did you ever have conflict with other leaders? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. How did you handle it? It depended on the situation, depending on whether or not I thought they were right. Give me an example. So let's just say, let's go back to the <coughs> basketball court, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that if I felt like somebody was shooting too much and then that person felt like they weren't shooting too much, right? So that might be, or excuse me, or somebody else felt like that person wasn't, you know, shooting too much. Well, depending on what they said to me, that would determine whether or not I would back down or press my point. Gotcha. Or if I pick up, I'm talking to somebody unreasonable, then I got to let experience teach you what you wouldn't learn from instruction. (laughs) It's just like, all right, keep shooting then. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right, right. For sure. Yeah. You ever have a, a, a conflict with following? No, not necessarily. No. I think um, if I got an issue with following, it's going to be because I don't feel like I'm being led well. Yeah, but sometimes, and I'm sure you have students where they don't feel like they're being led well in their head. Yeah. But that's sure. really their kickback against authority. Sometimes. Sometimes they aren't. Being led well, you know what I mean? Because right. <laughs> it's, it's seasons, bro. Like, sometimes you're really in your bag, and then other times you're like, yeah, I got to step it up right here. You yeah. know, I've, I've been slacking a little 100%. bit. So sometimes sometimes they aren't. Got you. Yeah. Talk to me about the, the, the progression of you being, your ability to lead yourself, which I think is even harder than leading other people. You say you're going to do something. Yeah. And you don't. Or you yeah. say I'm committed to this, but you can't, Lead yourself to... Yes. Well, one, the most important person you're ever going to lead is yourself. Absolutely. The most consequential person you're ever going to lead is yourself, mm-hmm. right? And your ability to lead yourself not only determines your profits, it determines your peace. Mm-hmm. Got me? Because profits don't always bring peace. That's a fact. It's a fact, right? Fact. I want everybody to get all the profits they can so that they can see what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Because somebody's listening yeah. right now like... Ah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Bring me a lot of peace. You know, right, it's like, right, okay, right, right. yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. But the point that I'm making is, um, you know, I, I just kind of, I kind of feel like when it comes to this idea of self-leadership, here's the thing, bro. This is a hack I learned. It revolutionized this for me. All right. I spent so many years trying to change me in order to lead me. Then I, I realized. I don't understand. Okay, this is what I mean. I mean, so let, let's let's just say let's just say something simple. Y'all talk about this a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Punctuality. Yes, sir. <laughs> Waving Dottie. <up. laughs> I can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so y'all talk about that a lot, right? So let's just say, um, by nature, let's just say hypothetically, I'm not, but let's say like hypothetically, like I'm just not really structured or. You know, I, I don't like structure. Mm-hmm. I just don't do structure well. Let's say I'm a creative. 
And I'm used to being inspired before I act, you know? And so let's just say it's hard for me to be punctual because of that. So I can spend my time trying to make myself not be a creative. I can spend my time trying to make myself love structure. Or instead of trying to change me, I can hack me and say, okay, based on the way that I'm wired, how can I get my creative self to be more punctual? Mm. You follow me so far? 100%. So, yeah. So I'm not, it, it means that I will make a decision. I'm going to stop trying to be as organized, quote unquote, as Joe. Mm. I'm going to accept the fact that I am creative, that I am inspired, that I am not as structured. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to make the decision to say, okay, how can me doing a little bit of what I don't want get me a lot more of what I do want? Mm -hmm. So if I'm more punctual, I'm less stressed, I'm less rushed, I don't have to um, live with the, the pressure and the rush of the adrenaline of always trying to get some... Uh, get somewhere because I'm late, that might free up some mental bandwidth for me to be more creative. That's to true. be more, you got me? Here's another one. Like I was coaching somebody one time who they just couldn't go to the gym. They wanted to go to the gym and no shade. I'm not talking about Yeah, I was about to say, I'm brother, not, you to come and ask me. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> just an example. I just remember this. So, but I was coaching somebody. This was, a, yeah, this was years ago. And so I was coaching somebody who's having, they want to take care of their health, get to the gym or whatever. And so, I did all other stuff like, you know, you love your family. You want to be around for your family. Blah, blah. For sure. Couldn't get to the gym. Then I realized something. This person is a hyper extrovert. They love people. Yeah. So I said, this is what I want you to do. So we coached her into getting her friends to, group, to do group training with her. Gotcha, because now she's being her now, extroverted self. So she's coming to the gym, but she's, she started going to the gym and she was regular and she was consistent because she's talking with her friends. Mm -hmm. They're engaging in girl time, whole nine yards. So I could have tried to coach her into being somebody other than her authentic self and it doesn't produce long-term change, bro. Thanks. It doesn't. We say, okay, this is the way you wired. You can win with the way you wired. Mm. We just need to figure out how to hack it so that you can get the results you need. Right? Do you identify with white culture? No. Why not? I'm black. Okay, what does being black mean, though? What is black culture? Black culture. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. 
picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal is um Dang, that's, going, that's a really good question. First off, I asked the questions around here. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, but I'm saying, you are a businessman, you are a black man. If somebody comes in, right, and, and so we don't even realize we have inherent biases and, and we think about these things in duality and nature in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody says that, you know, here's a deal um, and you possibly got to cut your partner out, you understand me? But this is capitalism. And they say... A chance, or you go, you know, take this deal as a white man or a black man. How you go do it, right? Morally, you're going to attribute one of those two people. You understand me with more shrewdness than the other. That's real. You understand me. So we or, already identify consciously like but that. But if it's in a different culture, you ask a white child, "Hey, you going to take this like a white man or a little black baby?" They're gonna their concept of white is right. Right. And then black is true. Right. But see, see how confusing in that. And then, but when you get down to the essence of something, when you, essence, you're talking about the nature of it, mm-hmm. right? And in different situations, you realize the nature of that choice is different, though, because these two people can be identified by their natures. Black people have been identified 
with a very forgiving, loving nature. That's why, consequently, we have been so oppressed by other people who come about and they utilize that nature that we have. We want to forgive everybody. You understand me? We don't hold those things in and we are emotional people and they know how to exploit those things. Vice versa, because also you have to take into account the climates in which we come from, which produces different natures. That warm climate, that warmth, you understand me? That's less thinking about survival. You understand me? We are melanated people who get our vitamins from the sun that activates us. We store that energy within our skin. And then vice versa, there was a guy who wrote, um, um, he talks about what's called the Cronus Complex, and it's called the Ice Age Inheritance. And it's a book, and it's about written by a white guy because he wanted to understand the nature of white folks, mm. right? And one thing that he identified, he said, because they come from, well, early days coming from those colder climates, you understand me? It puts you in this conquering mentality, this survival mentality. When it's cold, you're always on the move. That's that stone cold killer mentality. And he identified that as this cronus complex that you're never easy around people. You always have to be the dominant. You understand mm. me? And so that also identifies in Freudian law. Freud talks about that in the white paradigm. He said that they always put the woman last, right? You go through Roman and Greek times and even in today, you know, 19th Amendment, you had white women trying to fight for laws. You understand me? Because they put their woman last. They identify their son. If she can produce a son, then she has value in their paradigm. Mm -hmm. But she's still, her value is still less than the son, right? And so the black family culture was man and woman. His is man, boy, then woman. So there's always this imbalance. There's always this in-house fight. You understand me? And then he's at war with his own children, meaning that you go to Greek philosophy and they talk about the Cronus complex because Cronon is increments of time. So it was known as Father Time, and it was known as this parable of one generation fighting another, right? And so you had, uh, 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 I believe it was Zeus fighting the Titans, you understand me? Because he feared the power of his children taking over his rulership. So when you go and you look at study history, you show that in Roman times, they used to do what they call mentorship, where grown men that have a little boy that they had come in, they had break in. You understand me? And this is written history that a lot of the pedophilia comes from that culture, right? But this was open pedophilia. The philosophers, Aristotle and Shakespeare and, and, and Socrates talked about these things openly and they described it as love is love, right? And so here we are in today's time where the thing was that the young boy is going to be rebellious against the emerging paradigm because he has his own thoughts, so you have to figure out a way to instill and indoctrinate that young boy so that he can work for the paradigm, so he can work for the institution that the old men have. You don't want just some young, the, the, the next generation coming up and saying, no, we want to do things differently. So anytime they, they, they found that young boy that had that rebellious spirit, they would break him in, you understand me, and then put them in a mentorship and teach them ideas, and he would grow up with that same cycle of behavior so that they can continue to perpetuate the paradigm. So it's like, that's not our culture, though. So when you identifying with culture, you identifying with the historical norms of that culture, the values of that culture, right? And I think when people think about white people, you're thinking that, oh, I'm trying to set aside every individual white person and saying that you are doing bad in your life. We're talking about the culture, right? that the values, the structure, the institutions that we historically know as white people, because nobody's skin is white. 
When we're talking about white people, we're talking about people who identify in that courtship. Mm. Oh, for sure. Every weakness has to be a strength. If, it could, if it's not a strength, it can't be a weakness. But every, 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 every weakness has to be a strength, but every strength also has to be a weakness. Because if it's not a weakness, it can't be a strength. It's impossible to have a one-sided anything. It's, like, it's not possible. I think some people think they're all weakness. I know. That's what I mean. They don't, they don't know who they are. And your job as a coach is to introduce them to their true identity. To them who they really are. And by the way, so, and I know everybody doesn't believe in God and that's okay. I'm not trying to get people to believe in God, but I know who I am because I know whose I am. And so Moses asked God when he told him, go tell Pharaoh, I said, let my people go. Okay, but before I go, you know he's the king, right? And you know he's the king of the greatest nation on earth. So when I go tell him, you told me to let his people go, who should I tell him sent me? God didn't say, tell him that I do that I do has sent you. The I have that I have has sent you. The what? I am that I am has sent you. Because God understands that the most important thing about him is his identity. The mo- you know what's the first thing God said to about man? Let us make man in our image after our likeness and then let them have dominion. So God made us as human beings to be in charge of this earth realm. Hmm. But if I know that, now I know based on that, and everybody didn't have the same belief. Okay, but this belief is the belief I have. I know when I face something, it's impossible for it to be bigger than me, better than me, stronger than me, able to stop me. I might decide to stop because I don't want to become the person who can do the thing, but it can't stop me. Do you have any struggles with belief? Because I think... Struggles with belief. In terms of something don't you don't necessarily believe. So, for instance, I think maybe three years ago, you had a strong belief in who you are, but even today, it's even stronger. But three, five years from now, it will be even stronger. Meaning there's some... I'll give you an example. Somebody said... Um, they are going to make $25 million next year. Mm-hmm. And I think he said something like, you should do that too. And I'm like, sounds cool, but I don't believe it. Now, I do believe that I can... So, but, okay, so my question for you before you say anything else is where did that come from? I don't know. What's, what about $25 million is harder than $25? That, that's the part I'm trying to figure out. I don't... I, I don't know. It comes what? from somewhere, though. It comes from something. Because I... See, if I said I don't my, know to you and you asked me a question, you wouldn't let me get away with it. For that. sure. <laughs> I have a belief of what I'm going to accomplish, which I feel is in my wheelhouse. Here's the thing. I believe I can, but I don't believe enough to go af- go do what I feel like I need to do to make that type of money. So, or or but, maybe it's just not important enough for you to go figure it out. That's good. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Probably. I've often said, you know what's really interesting? You know what keeps a lot of people from making a million dollars a year? What's that? Making a half a million dollars a year. Ah. <laughs> right? So a million might keep somebody from 25 million. Why? I'm not making a million dollars a year. I'm killing it. Right? Making a million dollars a year, I'm killing it. Okay. If that's what you want to believe. Do you? Does that make sense? It does. So, so if it's not that you don't, believe you could be a billionaire. It's just you I don't, don't want to do what it takes to do that right now. I don't know that I, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't not, I don't have a desire to be a billionaire or to not be a billionaire. It's, it's irrelevant, right? That, whether or not I'm a billionaire to me is irrelevant. I want to become all I can be. I want to do as much as I possibly can 
to, and when I say do as much as I possibly can, I mean live in my creative space to make the world a better place. And if that turns into a billion dollars or a hundred billion dollars, or if it turns into a million dollars or a hundred million dollars, or if it turns into the fact that I make a hundred thousand dollars and I get to impact people's lives, I'm cool with whatever that turns out to be. Like, but here's what I know about most human beings. If they will max out their being potential, their doing and having potential is way greater than they've ever thought possible. I think I have a lot of limiting beliefs, Myron. Most people do. But you weren't born with limiting beliefs. You weren't right. born with any beliefs. Somebody, like, somebody taught you to believe those limiting beliefs. Just my only challenge for you is you can have the limiting beliefs, just don't fight to keep them. Transformational coaching requires a degree of mastery mm-hmm. because this is what's going to happen. As you're in the process of changing, you're going to run into some hurdles that I can't help you with yeah. if I hadn't jumped over them myself. That's a fact. So it's one thing for me to teach you a concept. It's another thing for me to coach you into implementation. Got me? And so this is, this is what I'm teaching people in my, my certification program, that when it comes to like somebody really getting a change, significant change in any area of their life, you got to have an H3 coaching model. Okay. Where you got, you deal with head, how they thinking, mindset, heart, that's their emotions and their ability to execute on the information you're giving them. And then hands, what is the actual strategy they're going to put in place to hack themselves and to deliver a result? And what happens is a lot of models, bro, are only focusing on one of those areas. Yeah. Either the tactics, which are your hands. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like mindsets. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm super motivated. I'm hyped. But what I'm about to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, exactly. It's, oh, it's a hype. But what are you doing? I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So does that make sense? Or this is where mastery comes in, right? It's, it's, the, it's the heart part. It's the emotional part. Because I can tell somebody, yo, set boundaries. Don't overcommit. Stop telling that person yes. But until we deal with what's going on in your heart, until we raise that emotional intelligence, you won't be able to execute on that information. Yeah. That's why some people are winning in your programs and other people are not. They all getting the same information. Yeah. But something's going on inside of some of them that won't let them execute. So I, I kind of also learned that on the spiritual side because the spiritual leader, you say stuff to people all the time. They like rarely do it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, 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 yeah, sure. so I'm getting up, I'm speaking and knowing, okay, most of the people are not going to do yeah. what I'm saying. What yeah, I'm for, saying. Sure, for sure. It's not that their intentions aren't pure. It is there are going to be things that are going on that just, they're going to stop them from executing. Yeah. Then there is a power in um, still walking and thinking in abundance. And that's something I always did as well is, I knew I had skills. I knew there was a certain power in me, a divine power in me that I had to think and move with. But you do got to accept your current position. That's not be oblivious that you broke down. You can't be running around signing and, and you can't just be doing affirmations and not doing no work. You can't be praying and expecting a, a blessing without doing no work. So there's, a, there's, there's different ways that that works. You know, you broke, you can think in abundance, be broke, do the work, think in abundance. Be broke, do the work, think in abundance. Mm. Make a little money, do the work, think in abundance. Make a little more money, think in abundance, do the work, make an abundance. Start making a lot of money, do the work, think in abundance. Have abundance, keep doing the work, think in abundance. Boom, that's how it works. But you gotta accept you broke for first. Mm. You gotta accept that you done, you gotta accept responsibility. Yeah. No, no blame game. 
And you know what's interesting too, because when you first came came in, mm. like you a seven figure guy, you running seven figure businesses, but I could sense that like you're frustrated with that. You're like, yo, like where's the nine figures at? Like, <laughs> what, like it, it, it's crazy. So like your formula is actually me seeing you live it. You like your level of broke might be seven figures because right. you're seeing nine figure people. Right. You about to do the work. Right. You're still thinking in abundance in right. terms of that hundred. Exactly. That's crazy. And and just from an income perspective, once you, wherever you are, whatever you get your result from in, money, in, in making money, you know, if you get a result doing things a certain way and you get to a level of income that you are satisfied with or you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm making this amount of money, do know that this, to get to the next level, it's going to be the same things that you did. Um, but it's going to be, have to be a, done a little differently. It's going to be like the same base of disciplines and principles that you did. What happens with a lot of people is they'll get to a certain income level doing things a certain way and they'll try to do things a different way and try to, you know, you know, maybe do some things that didn't even get them there. And then that's where it starts to come back down. But you have to keep the same disciplines and keep the same principles and just understand how business works from then on out. Um, my frustrations, I don't have frustrations, so to speak, with nine figures. I just know it's possible now. Once you make you know, the hardest thing to do about making money is to believe that you can make a certain make amount of money. Once you believe and you put the necessary steps in place, then it's all about doing more of what you got, what got you there. Um, but once you start to get to these higher levels of income, um, your peace of mind and your principles and your discipline are going to have to carry you more than you just hitting the floor and running, you know what I'm saying, and grinding and pushing. But you know, starting out, you really gotta grind, you really gotta push, you gotta be a one-man band or a one-woman band, and you have to start to take those levels of business and understand where you are, who you need to connect with, who you need to hire, who you need to be involved with, who you need to network with, very touchy subject there, don't network with everybody, mm -hmm. but who you need to network with, the right people, um, to help you get to the next level and make sure that everything is beneficial for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. you ever heard that quote? Help enough people get what they want, and you'll get what you want. So, under start thinking in that mindset. How the you is killing me right now? How yeah, you I, I can't even listen to what you're saying because, <laughs> like, the the everything's moving in my head and in my heart. I'm sorry, say it. No, nah, it's all good. good. How you respond to me when I make a decision that's best for me shows me whether you really love me or whether you love what our relationship is doing for you. That's real. Because most people, they get it confused. Some people really think they love you, but they really love what the relationship is doing for them. Yes. You got me? 100%. So they love you as long as the answer is yes. <sighs> but if you don't love me when the answer is no, you didn't love me. You just love my yes. Dang. So I'm wrestling with some of that right now yeah. because here's the thing, bro. If you're going to live well, you got to be willing to live knowing you disappoint people. And that is so tough. That is a challenge for me. So yeah, what are we doing right now? We got to fix that, bro. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We can fix that. That's and, I, and I can imagine in your position because you are, for one, just being a pastor and two, leading a whole bunch of people your name is all you have. 100%. So the perception of the things that you do, it, it, bro, people feel like they want this platform and they don't. 
100%. They don't. Yo, so let's look at it this way. I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I'm kind of hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I look around. I'm like, oh, it's lights. See, people want lights, but heat come with lights, bro. <laughs> They think they want the lights. <laughs> Turn the heat off, though, Joe. Just see what I mean? Get my I'm, right I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm straight. That's a fact. Yeah, they think they want it. It's like, no, heat come with these lights, man. And lights show stuff that 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 doesn't that doesn't show. It exposes things that. And so, yeah, when we get to certain places, it, it reveals and exposes some stuff in us, man. But we we gotta. I'm gonna tell you this. You know why I deal with it the most, bro? I deal with it because my foot is in two worlds. So I'm in the spiritual space where I'm leading and serving people, but also I'm in the entrepreneurial space. Now, as it relates to what allows me to take care of me and my family, it is by far the entrepreneurial space. 1,000%. Really? Like, it's, it's, it's no comparison. So, like, no comparison at all. You know what I mean? So, yet at the same time, people fall in love with the version of you they met. Not always the version of you you evolve into. So me stepping into this entrepreneurial space. They don't love that. Everybody doesn't love that on this space. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's it's the people. But if part of my purpose, and it is, is to add value to people in both spaces, I then have to make a decision who who am I willing to disappoint? Mm. And I'm not willing to disappoint me anymore. So your disappointment now is no longer my responsibility if I'm not handling you incorrectly. I'm simply trying to evolve into the best version of myself and do what I feel I'm created to do. So you can be upset by that and or inspired by that. Here's the issue, bro. A lot of people become offended by or jealous of what they should be learning from. <laughs> so Dang. And you got to accept it. You have to know that and be okay with it. it. You got to live with it. You know, there are some people that, you know. Yo, can, can, I, can I say one please, thing? One, one thing. I feel like I'm over talking. No, please. I, I, one thing. This is what I learned. When I disappoint me, that's long term. The, the feeling that I have, that bad feeling, that's long term. That regret, that's long term. When I disappoint others, that's short term. They get over it. I get over it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you do too, right? You're like, man, I feel so bad. And then two days later, you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm straight. You know what I mean? And so I think that's that's really important for people to recognize too. It's like, their disappointment is going to be short term. Mm. Or, but when you disappoint you, that's going to be long term. Yes. So my left leg, by the time I'm 13 years old, my left leg is two inches shorter than my right leg. So I've got a, I've got on orthopedic shoes that look like they were brown granny boots, like from the Beverly Hillbillies. They were just ugly shoes. Mm. Everybody else was wearing like pro kids, PF flyers, really cool sneakers, Converse All-Stars. I'm wearing granny boots. All the way through elementary school and through the seventh grade, I'm wearing granny boots. Mm. And then my left shoe had a sole on it that thick. And I couldn't run. And I hated it. And the kids made fun of me. And I punched them in the face. Right? Well, that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. Right? Okay. And I didn't like it. But I'm going to tell you, Having polio is one of the is, is one of the worst things that ever happened to me in my life. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. Huh. I couldn't see that as a child. As an adult, I can see it clearly. There are so many skills that I developed in my life that I would not have even had time to develop. 
had I had the distraction of being able to run. <sighs> Give me some. So, um, I believe everything like polarity. So if there's something negative, so the strength that would have been in my leg, because it's not in my leg, it's, it didn't go. To, it can't be nowhere. It has to be somewhere. It moved to my mouth and my mind. I've often said God slowed my body down so my mind could speed up. Now, here's the reality. That may or may not be true, but at least I believe it. Yeah. Right? And so, so I know that there are so many things that I would not, I wouldn't have, I don't, I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't even have one one hundredth of the compassion and patience that I have with people had I not had polio. I wouldn't intentionally give people my full attention had I not had polio. Because I know what it feels like to feel invisible to people. You feel me? Mm. And so, so, and I don't ever want to make people feel like people made me feel when I was a child. Yeah. And so it's a gift. It's all a gift. You couldn't, but, cor like, there's no correct, you couldn't correct the... Well, that's a, so, <laughs> now you're going to be talking about brain science, right? So you can create new neural pathways, mm -hmm. right? But it takes a long time and a lot of effort and energy. And so it, it, would it be possible to correct it? Ostensibly to some degree, but then you have to ask yourself at the expense of not doing what? Right, because I think you told a story our first uh, mastermind where, like, you were trying to correct it somehow. But I remember how the story made me feel, but I don't, I don't remember what happened. It was like, like, you had some screws in your leg. Oh no, I had a leg stretch operation. Yeah, I did. I had a leg stretch operation. Like when I was thirteen, I didn't tell you that part of the story. So I was thirteen years old. The doctors came to my parents and Mr. and Mrs. Golden. We got an operation. Help your son. We stretch his legs. Two his leg, left leg two inches because it was two inches shorter. Now. It's really interesting how, how oftentimes present perceived voids create like um, future pursued values. Present perceived voids create, create future pursued values, okay. right? So because I couldn't run, I spent a lot of time at the doctor's office and I was always getting these braces adjusted and all this other stuff. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. So I started learning about anatomy in elementary school and how muscles work and how bones work and the femur and the tibia and the fibula and the humerus and all these bones in your body. And so I started learning about all this stuff when I was a kid because I wanted to know how it worked and why mine didn't, mm. right? And so um, the, he said, we can stretch your son's leg two inches. I'm thinking to myself, I've seen Gumby and the Fantastic Four. And I know you're a doctor, but bones ain't made out of rubber, bro. Right? That's all Gumby. And the Fantastic Four. <laughs> no, this ain't, that ain't how it works. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to break the tibia, the big bone in the middle of your shin. We're going to break it in the middle. The fibula, we're going to break at the top and the bottom. We're going to put these two screws through the top, two screws through the bottom. We're going to put it on this metal rack, and we're going to turn these knobs a half turn every day for 30 days. And then 30 days, that bone is going to be stretched two inches. That's about two inches. Right? And I said, wow. And then they said, he won't be able to go to school for a whole month. I'm like, sign me up. I'm ready. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I hated school by then. Anyway, so I went in, had the surgery. They stretched my leg. And 
after at the end of surgery, there's a two inch gap in the bone. So you can't just put it in a cast. So they took the, the screws that were through my leg. They put like these pieces of wood to hold the screws in place. And then they wrapped all that up in a cast. I was in a cast for like six months. I was on crutches for six months because mm-hmm. the bone had to grow back. It didn't just have to heal, but it had to grow back together and then heal. Right. I don't even know why they thought this would work. But apparently they figured something out and it kind of worked. And so, um, they had to cut my Achilles tendon. It, was, it created a whole lot of other stuff because, you know. And so um, I remember being in the seventh grade at Roosevelt Junior High School in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm coming down the steps on crutches after I had my surgery and I go back to school. Some kid pushed me down the steps on crutches. Oh, yeah. They, no, they're alive. They, I didn't know who it was. They're good. They're straight. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, um, so like people are mean. Life does not... Life does not give you a pass because you're going through something, mm. right? Like, okay, you got this problem. Well, guess what? Let me add one to it, right? But all of that stuff, it's a gift. So, so I had that, that surgery, but, and that was a gift. Now I don't have to wear orthopedic shoes anymore. I still wear a brace, but I don't have to wear orthopedic shoes anymore. And the truth be told, I only started wearing a brace when I was 32 after I started playing golf. Like I was when, when, from age 13 to age 32, I didn't wear a brace. I just walked with a cane. So I didn't wear a brace. So now I wear a brace so I can play golf. That's why I went back and went to the metal brace so I could play golf. Man. And the fact that you could just draw like the the polarity, that's my new word for the week. (laughs) Like you can draw the the upside to every downside. Well, you can, but you have to choose to. But you understand who gets the benefit from that. You do. Yeah. Right. If you like, you can, there are some people who can only see the negative and every positive, but they choose to. There's always a positive. There's always a negative. You get the one you focus on. I get the one I focus on. We get to decide what we focus on. What do you, how do you see challenges? How do you approach challenges? Like your perception of a challenge? (laughs) Yeah. I have to reframe the way I see challenges because my initial, like my, like I think my 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 initial response is like I see them as just like an agitation. Mm. You know how some people are like, ah, oh, this is an opportunity. I for it's it's agitating for me. You know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. Why does it have to be so hard? Mm. That's the way. But uh, so that's my initial response. But I just try to practice reframing. Right, put another frame around it, and say, all right. Do I wish this was here? No. Is it going anywhere unless I do something about it? No. So the sooner I do something about it and get this out of the way, the sooner I can go on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, uh, gentleman at my church, he said, um, everything that happens, he said, I mean, everything um, uh, is, is wrapped up in your salvation. Everything that happens is leading you towards salvation, good and bad. Like every single test in terms of your ability to, you know, like after all this is over, how you handled the good and how you handled the bad, how you handled this success. That's the thing that happens to you. Mm. That has everything to do with how your life turns out after this earth. And it really, it really put uh, some perspective in my mind because I, I understand that I won't be here long anyway. Yeah. So whether, you know, I'm, you know, I go have a million dollar day, how I handle it can drastically change 
what happens to me after this life is over. Because it yeah. can go either way, right? You've seen people become real successful mm-hmm. and they're different. Yeah. And also, they're like the challenges, right? Those, those things that are either agitations or they can throw you totally off your, 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 your square and cause you to go drink. Yeah. Or call people that you know you probably shouldn't call and hang out with people that you know you shouldn't hang out with. And it, it, I, I've, I've gotten, and I, maybe you can um, kind of expound on this, but sometimes I lose my motivation for success because at the end of the day, I know that stuff doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon so, says it's meaningless. It's meaningless. Yeah, it's yeah, meaningless. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I just feel like it goes back to you hacking you. So for me, um, I know my why can't just be a watch. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? I like a mop, but it's just not my why. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's important for a person to be okay saying like, yo, I need to dig deep because your why has layers. And remember, I think I said this at the, at the panel. If you're why that make you cry, the price of commitment will always be too high. Like, so you got to go deep enough where there's like an emotional connection with that why and let that drive you. So like one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to take care of my parents. Mm. So the Christmas gift I gave my parents this year was paying off all their debt. Mm. Dang, all of them? They have no debt. I don't say Golly. Yeah, so um, here's my point though. It was like, that was a why for me for so long. My mom has been sick for a long time and so she couldn't work. And so, you know, I just wanted them to be good. Like, of course, I want to make sure my family's good and I did that, but, but that, was, that was my why. And so I kind of feel like everybody has to give themselves permission to find theirs and not allow anybody to judge you for it. Yeah. Like, if you like to watch, it's, it's fine. Go for it. That's not just what's going to get me going. For sure. And yours is icy, by the way. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the chain. On, that's man. very icy too. Here, man. That's, come on, let's I mean, stay focused there. You had the gold. <laughs> now you got this <laughs> thing, brother. We that's ain't doing tuckers no more. That's a flex. <laughs> it's actually okay. It's my logo. It was a business expense. Uh, this guy told me because it's my logo. It's marketing. Ah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I love it. <laughs> okay, I got to think about that. Yeah, get your little... Yeah. Marketing. Yeah, yes. get your little icy little... <laughs> A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.